spirit in our own heart today and that in the midst of all the busyness and the fun that we have and the plans and any of the cares and the worries that we have and the thoughts that we have that that keep us from you lord we want to come adore you we want not only our own our own hearts to be right with you so that we can lay down and worship you and adore you but lord we have a heart for those we love we have a heart for our children, for our grandchildren. We have a heart for our, our husbands, for our friends. We have a heart for the, those we work with, Lord, those that are in, even in our own church, to know you, to understand you, to love you, and to adore you. And Lord, we ask, God, that you would help us to really understand deeply so it anchors in our soul the truth of who you are. And that from that truth, Lord, we will have no other response but to just adore you. We thank you, God, that you can be worshipped and praised, that you embrace us, that you want community with us in return. And Lord, go before us as we continue on in our fellowship time today. We ask that all that we say that we sing, that we think, the meditations of our heart, the words on our lips will be all to the glory of you and your name. And we lift up this time now to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I don't know about you. Well, I probably do know because I feel like we're all on the same page in this season more than we've ever been before. Um, because no matter what you're listening to, whether it's secular, commentary, news, whether it's uh, a message on the radio, a sermon, everyone's talking about 2020 and what has all happened in this year, right? And how quickly things shifted in March to where we you know, are now. And it's this common connection that brings us together because we all get it. Not unlike times in history that brought the world together under a common rally. Pearl Harbor, 9-11, and now 2020. And everything that 2020 means when we even say and think about that. Because it means a lot. It's more than the pandemic. It's more than the tragedies that have happened this year. It's not only just the things that if you have gone through and experienced in your own walk, in your own life, in your own family, but it's the things that you've felt like you've experienced because of what's going on in our nation and in our world. And we've been united under, under a common banner of things that we don't really want to be united under. We feel like we're united under division, don't we? A lot. Uh, we feel like there's the, the division of the politics and the left and the right and then the far left and the far right. And we are somehow united under that because even though we don't all agree under that umbrella, we're all under that together. We're, we've all been united through the pandemic, right? 
And the initial response to that of like, okay, hunker down. We're gonna we're gonna get this, and we're gonna move through this, and we're gonna learn how to make sourdough bread, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. We're gonna take up a new hobby and do bird watching. And we've united under some of that. And we've united、um, under this the, the common angst and and worry and fear and discouragement of the racial tensions in our communities, in our world, in our in our nation. And we're united under our concern that things got really off point, and we've missed the the message. And we are united with people that we never would have been connected to in our discouragement over what government can do and the overreach that we're starting to see. We're united in our concern and our hearts for how we're seeing young people grow and and things get twisted under、uh, false pretenses, really, in, in a lot of ways. And then we come together in a meeting like this in church, and what a beautiful thing to be together under this other soothing almost umbrella of the united under the name of God and who God is, and that we found ourselves in this fellowship here at Lamrata Church or wherever you're fellowshipping in a regular Sunday, and we have that sense of okay, we're all under this multiple layers of umbrellas. That have given us an uncomfortable unity, in a sense. But I think as we come together in Bible study, in fellowship over the Word, in the, what we know to be true about God, we find ourselves united under something that finally can give us a deep breath of relief. Amen. Do you feel that? And then when you see your friends and your family struggling to to piece it together and. And some of them are angry at the world and the government, and some of them are angry at politicians, and some of them are angry at church people or religion. These are the friends and family that you have that maybe you, we would say they don't get it, right? Because in a sense, in your heart, you're like, I feel like I get it. And if if you've been with us since the beginning of Romans, we've had those moments as we've been moving through this study of. Of opening it up in chapter one and going, I, I get this. This is really fun. And then, like three sentences later, I don't get this at all. <laughs> and hasn't that united us as well? Because we've come together in our grace groups and we've talked about those chapters and those easy parts where you're like, this was so good. I think I got it. And then we talk about the parts where we just didn't get it. And you look around the room hoping other people aren't going, well, I got it. What's wrong with you, lady? And we realized everyone else was struggling too, and and we're united under that, and that has brought us together. That that common peace that we have, that breath that we get, where we can breathe in and say, okay, at least this is true, amen. Because we turn on news, and we don't even do that so often anymore. We get sources, and we hear information, and we're like, I don't even know where to turn. For truth, because we're not getting things reported in, and we just feel like, what is even true? And then we unite under this, and we go, this is true. This is my anchor. And more than any other season in any of our lives, I think I can speak for a lot of us at least. We can say, I'm so glad I know the capital T truth, because there's a lot of fake out there. And there's a lot of distractions out there, and we're the kind of people I would say also that don't want to just say it'll all figure itself out in the end. 
We know that's true, but we have to live in today. We have to be a witness today. We do need to engage well today. And so what does that end up, end up causing us to do? Coming back to truth. Because if I don't have that as my starting point, then I do feel like I'm not stable enough to really have something that anchors me. And we come together and we, we get into the word and we get ready to engage with each other. And then we have this heart burden. I wish other people had this too. Because you're engaging with people who are spinning. Do you get what I say when I say that? They're just spinning. And they're, everything is going on in, in the world and it just spins them in another direction. When I was a kid, one of my favorite toys to play with was this gear toy where you could put all the gears and then you would turn a crank and then every all the other gears would turn this way and that way and then this way and then that way. And then you could organize and redo that. Did you guys ever play with something like that? It was so fascinating to me. And you could pull them all off and then pop them back all on and it would turn it a different way. What I am seeing in our world around us is the rearrangement of these gears all the time and everyone's just spinning this way and then they're spinning that way and then they're spinning this way. And it's not a toy that's fun. It's really not good at all. <laughs> not fun in any way. And we come back to the word and we get into our fellowship time and we have our Bible study and our discussion groups and all that. And we just feel like, okay, this is what's true. And so what I want us to understand about what's true more than anything else is such a simple reality and so profound. And I hope that in sharing this, it'll be something that'll equip you to feel like you can share this truth with, well, in your own heart, like it'll resound inside your heart but you'll be equipped to share with others because our world, as I've said so many times in our study, needs hope and we've got it. We've got that hope. And the truth and the simple beauty of it is, hopefully, yep, good, it stayed up there, is his name. His name is wonderful. And all that that word wonderful um, means. And I know I'm talking to a group of women who understand the idea that God has many names. That we say God and we mean a whole lot. In the same way that you can think of your own self having a name, but you're not just Monica. You're everything about you, right? And so God's word is very clear that God not only is um, God, G-O-D, but he's all the names and all the ideas of how that functions and how that looks in his word. And I think if there's any name and aspect of God that will resonate most, at, at least for me, and work, walk with me on this, it may resonate in this way with you, is the name of God is Emmanuel. Because this year, sadly and challenging in so many ways, has been the lack of with us, right? Because the very first thing that happened in March was everybody was shut down and we weren't with anymore. You had your little core group you could be with at the beginning, but there was no other with. We couldn't be with. And we understood that at the beginning. We understood that that was necessary. We were all willing to do that and we got it. And then, of course, as things progress, I won't get into that too much. My point isn't that. But this idea of God being with us, 
I want us to really take that in our own heart, but also take it outside this room as a message to those in your life that, that need to hear this. That the name of God being Emmanuel, that's who our Jesus is, is that he's with us. So I can be separated. I can be separated physically from people, social distancing, masks, and all that. But I can also be separated ideologically from people. I can also be separated from people politically, how they think. And all those umbrellas that united us, lowercase u, and it wasn't really feeling good in the way uniting should, just united us under racial tension, united us under pandemic, united us under ideological differences and all that. God with us is this umbrella over all of us. And if you want to visualize it in this way, an arm around all of us, that he wants to be with us and that he provided a way for that to happen in his son, who's literally the fulfillment of that name, God with us. In Isaiah chapter seven, prophet says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. That's a pretty big sign, a <laughs> virgin conceiving. And call his name what? Emmanuel, God with us. You see, in the time when Isaiah would have been writing this, there wasn't a sense of that. Didn't feel like God was with us. You know, they've been through a lot. They've been in exile. It doesn't feel like God's with us. And so to hear a prophecy that says, when God comes, he's going to be God with us. And think about the reality that a virgin would conceive a son and what that with moment meant for Mary, that God was with her. That's where it all began. And when we unravel that back to the garden, really, truly, in the beginning of everything, isn't that exactly what God had with Adam and Eve? Truly being with Adam and Eve. And so when people wonder about your faith and you even think it through on your own, I hope that you'll go back to that simple truth that God wants relationship with me as an individual and with the world collectively. He's with us. In Psalm 5, it says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. Listen, that those who love your name may exult in you. Those who love your name may exult in you. Listen to Psalm 9. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you over and over and over throughout God's word. We see this beautiful connection with knowing God's name and the dramatic peace that it brings, the security that it brings, the relief that it brings that we know his name. Listen to Psalm 20 verse one, trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Don't you think it should say trust in the Lord, our God? Well, that's true. We should. Proverbs says that. But listen to the author writing it this way. Trust in the name of the Lord, our God. So that moves us up to our head 
and we say what is true about God's name and whether you're thinking about God as our Jehovah Rapha, our Jehovah Isi who sees, our Jehovah Jireh who provides for us, whatever name of God you're thinking about or thinking today on being Emmanuel, I'm going to trust in that name. Why? Because it's true. It's not fake news. I'm not united under some umbrella of a a season in our history that's going to change because I'll tell you right now, people are like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Guess what? 2021 is coming. And unless the Lord returns, you're going to just get same song, different verse, the same thing, right? So God's name brings us that peace and brings us that relief. Listen to this, what what God's name brings us to. Name of the Lord, Proverbs 18, is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. The very next verse after that says what the wicked do. They run to the world. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That's where we run to. That's what has safety for us. And who runs to that? The righteous. Righteous do. And then in Isaiah 9, 6, we know this verse. We see it on our Christmas cards. We sing it. We love it. We preach from it. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. And you know this, what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now listen. Put the umbrella of Emmanuel over all of that. Because that's who God is with us. God is our wonderful counselor with us. He's our mighty God with us. He's our everlasting father with us. He's Prince of Peace with us. Do you see that? How beautiful it is that the God who came and dwelt among among us, tabernacled with us, scripture says, is all of that, right? And so when we are in those seasons where we don't have our own wisdom, we don't have counsel to even know what to say to the relatives as we get together. We have a wonderful counselor who's with us. And during those times when we're wondering about how this is all going to work out and we question the the, the timeline of things and and what's going on behind us and what's going to happen ahead and is this ever going to get fixed? I mean, we know in the big picture, yes, it will. But now we know that the mighty God is with us and he's got this, right? And when we're wondering who's going to be alongside of us to console, to give us that wisdom in the moment, to be beyond time and beyond our circumstances, the everlasting father is with us. We have a heavenly father with us. And when our hearts are in turmoil and when our, we see it with our friends, we see it with our coworkers and family members, and they just don't have that sense of relief. We know that Emmanuel with us is the Prince of Peace. He's with us, right? So as we move from this season now, as we're concluding our first half of Romans and we're moving into the holidays and we're going to take our little break, we're going to rejoin together in January back in Romans. I want us to be thinking about that idea of God being with us, our Emmanuel over these next several weeks And I want to encourage you to do a couple of simple things. 
Uh, oftentimes women will tell me that when we take a break from Bible study, they just kind of lose a little bit of their momentum and their pattern and their daily routines and all that. And they get a little off. You know what's true? I get off too. You know, I don't have my normal daily routine of now I write this page and now I read this and now I record that and I do this. I don't have that routine either. So what I've, I've learned is I have to make that kind of time. I want to encourage you over the break. Uh, maybe you've already finished the last lesson we, we left off with two weeks ago, or maybe you're waiting and going to get it started later on. But do that lesson. Stay in the Word. And also, uh, oh, oh, if, you, if you've done it and you need more material, I want to encourage you to do this really simple thing. And I've talked a lot about doing this uh, throughout our study. Um, get on your concordance, your Bible, your Bible gateway online or in your Bible. And look up the word name in your concordance as it's associated with who God is. Just look it up. And use that at that day to focus on the truth about who God is. Because the world's going to have a whole bunch of umbrellas of nonsense going up and over you. And you need to be centered and anchored on the truth. And why not do an easy, simple study on your own over the holidays on just the word name as it's associated with God. And then finally, as we move into this new season, again, like I've said many times, people need hope and we have it. We can give it. We can give our Christmas presents and all that, but we can give our hope. So as we move into the next part, our next, our second half of Romans, I want you to think about who you're going to invite to join you in this Bible study, uh, that we begin uh, Romans together and we, we, we start up again. And you know what? Women are, are ready. In January, a lot of times women are making the New Year's resolutions of, I'm going to get into the Word, I'm going to grow in my spiritual life. Maybe this is the year that your invitation will land on a soft heart where they'll say, okay, I'm going to, let's do that. I'll do that with you. And uh, encourage them, you know, to join you. Um, Go with that beauty and that knowledge of who God is, that He's Emmanuel, and that everything that's true about God as Emmanuel, all the names all the realities, all the things that you know to be true about God is with us during this time. And let's pray. Father God, we are humbled by your majesty, your power, by your greatness. And we're so thankful that in that majesty and in that power and in that greatness, you are tender in your heart toward us, that you love us with a, with a smallness in a sense that we can really grasp And then we start moving in on that, God, and you just reveal yourself more and more to us. And so today, especially, we thank you that you are our Emmanuel, that you've been with us and you will be with us. And help us, Lord, as we speak to our own selves, Lord, and and, and that you would bring truth back into our mind, that you would help us to know your word, that you'd help us to understand what that really means But God, beyond that, please give us the words and the passion and the love to share that with those in our life who need it. Whether they be a fellow Christian who just needs that encouragement in that moment or they are non-Christians, Lord, God, please give us the words that we need and the boldness and the love and compassion we need in those moments to share. Lord, thank you once again for our fellowship time today and our chance to laugh and sing and worship and have fun with one another and to all of these things, Lord, we want to give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And once again, everyone said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand and sing as we close out our time together on the next page. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful.